Good day. I'm evangelist and pastor Derek E. Wilkes, president and founder of the Congregation of Churches. Welcome to our website and welcome to today's broadcast. We've been within a series of messages that we're labeling Healing Lessons, and we're looking at Healing Lessons Part 5, and we're studying the healing of the man sick of the palsy. Let us pray. Father, your word conceived in my human spirit and formed by my tongue and spoken out of my mouth is creative ability that is working for me now in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Go with me to the book of Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5 and we will begin reading at verse 15. Luke chapter 5 and verse 15. Praise God. But so much the more there went a fame abroad of him, speaking of Jesus, and great multitudes came together, now listen to this, they came together to hear and to be healed. They came together to hear and to be healed. Now keep that in mind. They came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. And he, Jesus, withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. And it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present. The power of the Lord was present. Why was the power of the Lord present? The power of the Lord was present to heal them. Now, there's a reason that the power of the Lord was present. Three reasons that I have discovered in scripture, just studying this out and looking at other healing references. And uh, one of the reasons that the power of the Lord was present is because of the level of expectation and receptivity that was present by those that came to hear. They came to hear and to be healed. Sometimes people, they want manifestation of healing and that's what they want initially that's what they want they want to begin with the manifestation of healing but they are not interested in hearing these folks came to hear and to be healed they didn't come to be healed and then hear later they came to hear and to be healed and this level of receptivity they had a receptive heart they came with a heart of receptivity. They came to receive. They came to hear and to be healed. And this receptivity and level of expectation put a demand on the power of God. Receptivity and expectation will put a demand or put a draw on the power of God. That's one reason the power of God was present. Now, the other reason that the power of God was present is found in verse 17. Notice what it says here. And it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching. Let's stop there. Jesus was teaching. And so teaching and preaching is a way of releasing the power. And so expectation and receptivity by those that had come to hear 
that was a way of putting a demand on the power of God. They were receptive. They were receiving of the power of God. And so that receptivity and that expectation, that was putting a demand on the power of God to come to them. Jesus teaching and preaching, he was releasing the power of God. So on one side, you have receiving of the power. And on the other side, you have the releasing of the power. You have the receiving of the power and you have the releasing of the power. Jesus was teaching and preaching and releasing the power of God. You see, words communicate power. You can say it this way. Words communicate anointings. And so Jesus was releasing the anointing through his teaching and preaching. And the other folks, the folks that had come to hear, they were receiving of that anointing through their receptivity and expectation. Now, you can say it this way. Faith puts a demand on the anointing of God. The receptive hearts, their receptivity and expectation would cause faith to come because faith comes out by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. And once faith comes, then faith then can activate the power of God. So two immediate ways that you can see that we can put a demand on the anointing of God. One, to have a receptive heart, to be expectant, to have a receptive heart. That's one way of putting a demand on the anointing of God or getting the power of God present. The other way to get the power of God present is to speak words. Releasing words, teaching and preaching is another way of getting the atmosphere saturated with the power of God. So on one side of the table, you have Jesus teaching and preaching. And on the other side of the table, you have the folks being receptive and expectant of the power of God. And what they wanted was the healing power of God. Not just the power of God, they wanted the power of God that would bring about a manifestation of healing in their physical bodies. Praise God. Let's look at verse 17 again. And it came to pass on a certain day, as he was teaching, that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Praise God. Now let's talk about this power for a few moments. I want you to go with me to the book of Romans, chapter 1 and verse 16. And our team will put the scripture references on the screen so that you can see it. Although, I would like for you to have your Bible present. All right? And so let's go to Romans chapter 1. And let's look at this in verse 16. Now I could quote it to you, but I want us to look at it together. Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. Romans chapter 1. And let's look at verse 16. 16 and you're going to see something interesting here relative to the power of God glory to God Romans chapter 1 and verse 16 notice what it says here for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ the gospel say gospel gospel is good news I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it the gospel of Christ is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel of Christ is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. Not to everyone, but to everyone that believes. Glory to God. So we see something about the gospel. The gospel contains the power of God. Say that with me. The gospel contains the power of God. This word power comes from a Greek root word, dynamis. Say that with me, dynamis. It's a Greek root word, and this Greek root word, dynamis, represents power, ability, might, and strength. Ability, power, might, and strength. 
the power of God is contained within the word of God, or we could say the gospel. Amen. The power of God is present in the gospel. And Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Now, go with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 2. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 2. Hebrews chapter 4, and let's look at verse 2. For unto us was the gospel preached. The gospel was preached. Isn't that what Jesus was doing in that house? He was teaching and preaching in that house where the power of the Lord was present to heal. Notice here. For unto us was the gospel preached, and we know that this gospel contains the power of God. Unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, speaking of Israel, the children of Israel, Israel. But the word or the gospel preached did not profit them. Why not? Not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So it wasn't mixed with faith in them that heard it. So you can hear the gospel, but if you don't receive the gospel, if you're not receptive of the gospel that's being preached, if you're not receptive, if you don't receive it, you know, with faith, if you don't believe it, so you can hear the gospel and not believe it. Some will believe the gospel when it's heard and some will not believe the gospel when it's heard. So if you're not receptive of the gospel and if you don't believe the gospel, then you're not going to act in a corresponding way uh, on the word of God. And consequently, you're not going to access or connect to the power of God. So it says here that the gospel preached didn't profit them because it wasn't mixed with faith in them that heard it. It has to be mixed with faith. Faith activates the power of God. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So as you hear the word of God, your capacity to believe what you hear is expanded. You believe it, glory to God, and then you act on that word in a corresponding way and you connect to the power of God. But the gospel has to be preached because the gospel contains the power of God. Glory to God. So then going back to our text in Luke chapter 5, you see that there was a remnant of people that had come to hear and be healed. They came to hear and to be healed. And as they would hear, faith would come. Then as they release their faith, they connect to the power of God. Glory to God. And then the power of God would then remove the burden and destroy the yoke. Glory to God. Now I want you to go with me to Acts chapter 14. Acts chapter 14. I want you to see something over here. In Acts chapter 14. Acts chapter 14. Let's take a look at something here. And uh, here you're going to see uh, revelation concerning the power of God and how it works when it's preached and heard with a receptive heart. Acts chapter 14. And let's begin with verse 7. The Apostle Paul is preaching in a town called Lystra. Now listen to this, verse 7. And there they, speaking of Paul and those that were with him, preached the gospel. The gospel contains what? The power of God. Hallelujah. And when you preach the gospel, faith comes as the recipient of your message hears it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So as you preach the gospel, the, the potential for faith to come is present. Amen. So there they preached the gospel. And there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, 
being a cripple from his mother's womb who never had walked. The same heard Paul speak. Now, how does faith come? Faith comes by hearing the gospel. The same heard Paul speak. Paul is teaching and preaching the gospel in Lystra. This man is hearing the gospel preached. The gospel contains the power of God. Glory to God. The same heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that he had faith to be healed, Paul perceived that the man had faith to be healed as the man heard the gospel preached. Glory to God. Verse 10, said with a loud voice, stand upright on your feet. And the man leaped and walked. Glory be to God. The man heard the gospel. Faith came to the man. The man acted on that faith and tapped into the power of God and was made whole. Glory to God. Now go with me to the book of Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. And let's look at verse 38. Acts chapter 10 and verse 38. Verse 38. How God, glory to God, anointed Jesus of Nazareth. So Jesus of Nazareth was anointed. Jesus was functioning as a man anointed of God. He wasn't operating in his Godhead powers. He was operating as a man anointed of God. Glory to God. Verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with them. So now Jesus is anointed with Holy Ghost and with power. So now the power of God is resident within him of course it is. He has God's spirit resident on the inside of him. So he has the power of God resident on the inside of him. Also, he has the anointing or the power of God on him. But the power of God is also in the gospel. And Jesus is teaching and preaching the gospel everywhere he goes. Now, so the anointing is on Jesus, glory to God, and he's preaching the gospel. He's anointed to preach the gospel. Say that with me. Jesus was anointed to preach the gospel. Say this with me. I am anointed to preach the gospel. Glory to God. I'm talking about you. You are anointed to preach the gospel. Yes, you are. Say, I'm anointed to preach the gospel. Jesus was anointed to preach the gospel. I'm anointed to preach the gospel. Glory to God. Jesus is preaching the gospel. And as he goes about teaching and preaching in all the cities and villages, the power of God is made available. The power of God is present to administer healing to those that would put a demand on it with their faith, with their receptive hearts, with their expectant attitudes. Glory to God. They could put a demand on the power of God. Specifically speaking, the healing power of God or the healing anointing of God. See, words release anointings. Say that with me. Words release anointings. You can release anointings with words. Words can release anointings. You can release the spirit of fear with your words. You can release the spirit of faith with your words. Jesus released the spirit of faith. Jesus released the spirit of healing, the healing anointing with the words of his mouth as he taught and as he preached the word, as he preached the gospel. Now go with me to Luke chapter 4 and verse 18. Luke chapter 4 and verse 18. Chapter 4 and verse 18. And listen to what Jesus says of himself. Luke chapter 4 and verse 18. And uh, verse 18, Jesus says these words. The Spirit of the Lord is up on me. Speaking of that anointing, speaking of the power of God that we just read over in Acts chapter 10 and verse 38. 
the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach what? The gospel. So Jesus is anointed. The power of God is on Jesus. He's anointed to preach the gospel. He is anointed to preach the gospel. So the power of God is on him. The power of God is in the gospel. Glory to God. So there's power on Jesus. There's power in Jesus. There's power in the word. He's preaching the word. And the recipient of his message, if that person or persons are receptive and expectant, faith will come. And when faith comes, now they can release their faith and tap into the power of God. So one of the ways or two ways that the power of God can be present is that you're going to need a hearer that's receptive and expectant. And you're going to need a speaker that is releasing the word of God with faith. And as he's releasing the word of God, he or she, as they're releasing the word of God, the power of God is being released as well. Glory to God. Now, let's go back to Luke chapter 5 and you'll get more out of this now with that insight and that foundation being laid. Luke chapter 5, and let's look at verse 15. Let's look back at verse uh, verse 15. Let's start back at verse 15. But so much the more there went a fame abroad of him, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. Now notice, they came to what? Hear and to be healed. Say that with me. They came to hear and to be healed. And that's what you want to do. When you come to enjoy these healing lessons, I want you to come expecting to receive. Come expecting to receive revelation. Come expecting to receive manifestation. Come expecting to receive a manifestation of the healing power of God in your physical bodies. Praise God. I mean, you ought to listen to all of the lessons that are out here. Listen to each one from lesson one all the way up to the end. Listen to each of the different lessons and come expecting. Come expecting to receive. Come with expectation. Come with a receptive heart. Faith will come to you. And when you release your faith, you'll tap into the power of God. Now, on the other side of the table, I'm here and I'm releasing the word with faith. Glory to God. And the words that are being released are being released in faith and the power of God is being released and you will tap into a manifestation of the healing power of God. Glory to God. Faith will come to you as you hear. The power of God is being released to you as you hear. It's important that you come receptive. Glory to God. So now notice, these folks came to hear and to be healed and look at verse 17 again. And it came to pass on a certain day, as he, Jesus, was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Glory to God. Now, verse 18. And behold, men brought in a bed a man which was taken with a palsy, and they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before Jesus. Now, there were four men that brought this man in. And uh, this account can be found in the book of Matthew, chapter 9, and the book of Mark, chapter 2. All right? And if you read both of those accounts, you'll see that there were four men that brought this man into the house. All right? Now, look at verse uh, 19. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop and let him down through the tilings, with his couch into the midst before Jesus, into the midst of that power. Now, uh, this was not their house. 
but they made a way out of nowhere. There was no way for them to get into this house. So they went upon the house top and tore the roof off the house and let the man down into the midst of the power. Glory to God. They were pressing in to receive a manifestation. All right. And look at verse 20. And when he saw their faith, when Jesus saw their faith. Now, faith is the application of what you believe. Say that with me. Faith is the application of what I believe. Faith is acting on what you believe. Faith is acting on the word of God. You recall what we read over in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 2. Uh, these folks had not mixed faith with what they heard. So they weren't able to access the power of God. And so when you hear the gospel, you need to mix faith with it. You need to believe the word. Amen. When you believe the word and then act on it in a corresponding way, you'll tap into the power of God. Now, there's a difference between, a slight difference uh, between believing and faith. Now, believe and faith come from the same Greek root word family. Believe and faith comes from the same Greek root word family. Yet believing takes place within the invisible realm of your heart. I can't see what you believe. I cannot see what you believe. All right. However, when you act on that belief in a corresponding way, I can see your faith. So faith is acting on what you believe. Believe and faith, they're linked together in the same way that my arm and my hand are linked together. All right. They're intimately connected. But belief, I can't see your belief. So you hear the word of God and then you believe it. But it's not until you act on that belief that we can label it faith. Faith is acting on what you believe, and what you believe is based on what you heard from the gospel, based on what you heard from God. Amen. Now, look at verse uh, 20 again. And when he, Jesus, saw their faith, how was he able to see their faith? Can faith be seen? Of course it can. I can't see what you believe, but I can see uh, your faith. Once you act on that belief, I can see your faith. And so these men, they tore the roof off the house and let this man down into the midst of the power. Jesus was able to see their faith. Praise God. Now, verse 21. Actually, let's go back to uh, uh, verse 20. And when he saw their faith, he said unto him, man, your sins be forgiven you. Now, he wasn't forgiving him for tearing off the roof. He was saying this. This was, there was another uh, uh, perspective that you want to gain from this. I was really being facetious when I said, man, your sins be forgiven you. He was, for, he was not forgiving them for tearing up his roof. All right, forget that joke. All right, so here's what you need to understand. Man, your sins be forgiven you. Now, this man was not coming for forgiveness. He was coming for healing. He was not coming for forgiveness. Yet Jesus says to him, man, your sins be forgiven you. Why would he say that to this man? He wasn't coming for forgiveness. Why would he say to this man, man, your sins be forgiven you? All right. In that day, there was a climate of, we could say, sin consciousness because of the laws and everything associated with that time period. And uh, if a person had missed it, they needed to wait for an entire year for their sins to be uh, covered or atoned for. And so the priest would make atonement for the sins of the people once a year. And during the interim, they would walk around with sin consciousness. So you can imagine this man may have had sin consciousness based on something that he may have done or didn't do. And so he's walking around with sin consciousness, not feeling that he's worthy of healing. 
And so the first thing that Jesus dealt with was sin consciousness. He says, man, your sins be forgiven you. And once this man could have a sense of, all right, I'm in right standing with God again, now his faith now can soar. See, if your heart condemns you, you won't have confidence toward God. Sin consciousness makes cowards of men. Faith works better when you have a sense of righteousness. Righteousness consciousness will enable your faith to work effectively. Righteousness consciousness. Say that with me. Righteousness consciousness will enable my faith to work effectively. In fact, there are four different places in scripture where it says the righteous, or we could say the just, shall live by faith. The righteous or the just shall live by faith. You'll find that in four different locations in scripture. I believe it's Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 38. You'll find it in Galatians 3.11. You'll find it in uh, Romans 1.17 and Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 4. The just or the righteous shall live by faith. Righteous people live by faith. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And so Jesus dealt with sin consciousness first. He says, man, your sins be forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason saying, who is this which speak such blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answering said unto them, What reason you in your hearts? Whether it's easier to say thy sins be forgiven you, or to say rise up and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man, not Son of God, Son of Man, he's operating as a man anointed of God, as you saw from Acts 10.38, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, he said unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto you, arise and take up your couch and go into your house. So now, if this man doesn't get up and go into his house, go into his house, then it's evident that Jesus doesn't have the power to forgive sins. But if he gets up and goes into his house, then Jesus has just as much power to forgive sins. Amen. So he says, get up and go to your own house. And this man did so, so the man was healed. In other words, the same power that will bring about healing to you is the same power that brings about forgiveness. The same power that brought about forgiveness to you is the same power that will bring about healing. You are just as healed as you are forgiven. You are just as healed as you are righteous. Are you righteous? Where well, you're also healed. Are you forgiven? Where well, you're also healed. You're also healed. You're just as healed as you are, you are forgiven. You're just as healed as you are righteous. Amen. You don't want to ever forget that. You are just as healed as you are forgiven. You are just as healed as you are righteous. You are just as healed as you are saved. In fact, the root word for saved and the root word for salvation uh, also represents healed or healing. The root word for saved is sozo. The root word for salvation is soteria. And they both render saved, healed, delivered, whole, preserved, blameless, complete, nothing missing, nothing broken. And so you are just as healed as you are saved. When you received salvation, you also received healing. Now, many people don't know that, so they leave much of their salvation package laying on the table because they, don't, they didn't know this. They didn't know that the Greek root word for saved or the Greek, word, the Greek root word for salvation also meant healing or healed, you see. And so because they didn't know that, they couldn't put a demand or the impetus to put a demand on the healing power of God 
was absent because of a lack of knowledge on their part. You need to know that you are healed. You're saved, you're healed, you're delivered, you're whole, you're complete, nothing missing, nothing broken. And the way to really grasp this is to understand that you're not your body. You are a spirit, you possess a soul, and you live inside of a physical body. It's your body that's sick, not you. Your soul is comprised of your mind, will, and emotions. Your body is your earth suit. Your spirit, that's the eternal you, that's the hidden man of the heart, and you are saved, you are healed, you are delivered, you are whole, you are complete, nothing missing, nothing broken. Glory to God. You've never known a sick Christian. You've only known Christians that had sick bodies. Glory be to God. You are just as healed as you are forgiven. The same power that brought about salvation is the same power that will bring about manifestation of healing in your physical body. Now, going back to verse 23, whether it is easier to say your sins be forgiven you or to say arise and walk, which is easier? Is it easier to say your sins be forgiven you or is it easier to say rise up and walk which one is easier i'll let you answer that question which one is easier which one is easier now jesus did not say which one is easier to do he said which one is easier to say and many people have missed it there including myself until recently as i was meditating this i got a revelation he did not say which one is easier to do because if it was up to you and i they both are hard. You know, you, can't, you couldn't bring forgiveness to the world. You can't bring forgiveness to a person. You can't bring salvation to them. I mean, you can bring the gospel of salvation to them, but you can't save anybody and you can't heal anybody. I can't save anybody and I can't heal anybody. But I can say Jesus has made provision for your salvation. I can say that. And I can also say be healed. I can say that. And you can say it. You can say, Father, I receive my forgiveness. You can say that. And you can also say, Father, I receive my healing. Which one is easier to say? They both are. One represents five words. The other represents four words. Notice what it says here in uh, verse 23. Whether it is easier to say, thy sins be forgiven thee. Five words. Or to say, rise up and walk. Four words. It's just as easy to say five words as it is to say four words. You can say, I believe I received my forgiveness, and you can say, I believe I received my healing. I can say that Jesus has made you whole, and I can say that Jesus has made salvation available for you. It's easy to say both of them. Jesus did the hard part. He went to the cross. He made provision for your salvation, your healing, your deliverance, your preservation, your soundness. Glory to God. Our part is to say, I believe I receive. Glory be to God. Isn't that good? If you had faith as a seed, you might say. It's easy to say it. It's easy to say it. Glory to God. The same power that made salvation available is the same power that made healing available. Now, let's look at verse 25. Immediately, glory to God, he rose up before them and took up that whereupon he lay and departed to his own house, glorifying God. God is glorified in your healing. There was no glory released until this man was healed. While this man was on that mat paralyzed, God was not glorified. God was not glorified while the man was paralyzed, but God was glorified after the man was healed. And God is also glorified in your healing. Will you be healed today? Say yes. That's the right answer. Say yes. I will be healed today. 
Say this, I will experience a manifestation of the glory of God, the power of God in my physical body today. Say it again. I will experience the manifestation of the glory of God or the power of God in my physical body today. Now I'll take it from here. Now, Father, I thank you that you always confirm the word with signs following. Glory to God. Body, I command you to line up. Sickness, I command you to cease your activities in this person's body. In the name of Jesus, I call you well. I call you healed. I call you whole. I call you complete. Nothing missing, nothing broken, and the anointing comes to your house now. The power of God comes to your house now. Say, I receive it. Say, I am healed. Say, I am delivered. Say, I am whole, complete. Glory to God. Now I want you to do something you couldn't do before. If you couldn't stand, stand. If you couldn't walk, walk. If you couldn't jump, jump. Do something you couldn't do before and experience the power of God. Glory to God. Let's lift our hands and praise the Lord. Father, we thank you. We thank you that we are the healed. We thank you, Father, that we are, we are whole and complete, nothing missing and nothing broken. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Say it again. Say, I am healed. Praise God. Well, I'm grateful to have you join us today and receive glory to God. I want you to contact us and give us your testimony by simply tapping onto the contact link at our website right up here at the top of my head here. You'll see a contact form and you can tap onto that contact form and let us know how God has blessed you and administered the power of God to you today through this ministry. Also, I would encourage you to consider partnering with this ministry by tapping onto the partnership link above as well. Praise God. Now, of course, if you're listening to this on CD, uh, you can simply visit our website at www.congregationofchurches.org and follow the instructions there. Praise God. Well, I'm Evangelist and Pastor Derek Wilkes, on behalf of Congregation of Churches, saying to you, prosper.